following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 52. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Davin Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? And David McGraw. I'm here. He's here. And this week, we're going to talk about some NBA trades that have been floating around. Then we'll do some game recaps and talk about next week's upcoming games as usual. And then we always have that non-sports plug at the end of the show gets a little wild sometimes so we recommend you uh stick around for that we talk about the super bowl too oh yeah super bowl we just watched the most boring super bowl that i think i've ever seen in my 30 some years of existence yeah it won't be that long probably (laughs) unlike the game follow us on twitter at sunny and phx pod same thing for instagram go on itunes Leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Okay, we'll start things off, and a lot of us were hoping that a big NBA trade would be dropped yesterday around the time of the Super Bowl, because a lot of us basketball fans kind of like stealing a little thunder from the NFL. A lot of us were talking about it, but as of recording, Anthony Davis has not moved anywhere. He's still a Pelican. And there's lots of rumors flying around that he only wants to go to the Lakers. And with that, the Lakers will be sending a lot of guys away as part of this trade. And maybe one of them winds up as a Phoenix Sun. So let's start talking about the Davis trade in general. David, our resident somewhat Lakers supporter, what do you think about this giant package that the Lakers might have to send to the Pelicans to get Davis? You know, this is one of those things. Lakers fans are always very hyped up about ev- everything and feel like that everyone should go to them. I, it's been a meme for, I mean, since before LeBron was even on the Heat. And there was There's photoshops everywhere. If you go on old uh, NBA memes or anything, you'll just see stuff about people teaming up or teaming up with Kobe or any of that kind of stuff. This seems like the first time where the Lakers are actually willing to make a godfather offer. And unlike PG-13 or Kawhi, it kind of seemed like they were just absolutely unwilling to try and trade for those guys. And I, I have a feeling that actually having LeBron on the team and actually looking like... Oh, they're on the outside looking in right now at the playoffs. It, it seems as if they they know they need to push and... You know, maybe they should have made that full-court press for Kawhi. Anthony Davis is great, but, I mean, Kawhi Kawhi's great as well. I think they're pretty close. But maybe maybe the Spurs just absolutely wouldn't listen to it, and it just never got reported. But Anthony Davis is its interesting. There was the talk of he, w- he wasn't trying to choose a place, and then uh, Boston is always in the mix and then there was his his dad said something along the lines that he would never want his son to play for Boston because of what they did to Isaiah Thomas and 
how Drew Holiday only re-signed with New Orleans because of Anthony Davis. There's just there's so many different things that have just piled onto this thing. Plus now there's the Kyrie thing of saying that he didn't he doesn't owe anyone anything and about re-signing in Boston. So everyone's just going insane around this whole Anthony Davis thing and it's fun for NBA That's basketball fans, first. but it sucks for New Orleans fans. I, I like the I like the Pelicans. I like rooting for them. I have family in uh, Louisiana. I love rooting for Louisiana teams, but this is just you know they they've always been injured. They've always been injured. There's always been injuries that stop them, and you know Drew Holiday finally gets healthy, and then the whole rest of the team just implodes. So. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, but it, it does seem like it's just an inevitability at this point. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been a pretty wild past few days with all these rumors and with actual trades happening. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis going to the Mavericks for a lot. Dennis Smith Jr. So yeah, update on that: Dennis Smith Jr. is not going to the Suns because he went to the Knicks. And you know, there's times where I get down on the Suns, but at least we're not the Knicks. So, it's it's been a lot lately. I just keep hearing all of these rumors that Lonzo is coming to Phoenix. Lonzo has said a bunch of times he wants to be the lead point guard. He he wants a team without an established point guard so he can fill that role. Well, let's see. Who do we have? The Suns. I guess if Memphis ends up trading Mike Conley, who else? Well, so the first so. thing that popped up was that it was Chicago or New York. Uh, Those were the first two teams. And then Zach it seemed like all of the Suns fans collectively on the internet were like, well, why, why don't we trade for Lonzo Ball? A lot of them wanted to draft <laughs> Lonzo Ball beforehand. And, and then as soon as the collective Suns fans uh, screamed into the ether, it seemed like there was a lot more talk of, Lonzo to the Suns. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Speak it into existence. Yeah. Scream it on the internet into existence. <laughs> and I, I also saw a bit about how the Suns had Ball ahead of Fultz on their draft board that year. And that means that we still want him. No, that was McDonough. That He's not here anymore. So those, right. those are pretty much well, out the window. And remember, remember when we were talking about getting Fultz and all you heard was the Suns had Fultz number one on their draft board. <laughs> Whenever someone Everybody's becomes available. number one yeah, on our apparently, draft board. Oh, oh, wow, yeah. We had Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, Josh Jackson was ahead of everyone. Did not do yeah. a meeting with the Celtics so that he way he could be a Sun. Uh, putting some playoff games under his belt so he could come join the Phoenix Suns. Oh obviously, because we had him 1A on our list. Yeah. We had a lot of one A's, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Uh. So, realistically, bringing Lonzo here, I hate to say it, but he's a good fit for what we're trying to do here. We need a defender at the guard position because Booker, he's not guarding point guards. Absolutely not. Nope. And we've been getting killed by point guards due to our lack of point guards, and it seems like we could use a solid defender there. Uh, distributing the ball, he's great at getting to the rim. He's well, a great he's passer. He's great at getting to the rim. His shooting around the rim is pretty rough, but I think his handle, I, like to the that, point that's of penetrating, fair. he can get into the paint, draw some defense, and kick it out. 
that that's something that like Okobo does a little bit. It doesn't seem like Melton. Uh, I take that back. But with they're Mel- playing better lately. I don't want to trash those guys. With but... Melton being hurt, I think it has been a little bit more apparent. Whether he's hurt or not, we still need a point guard. Yeah. But when Melton is hurt, it's really tough. When Jamal Crawford gets thirty minutes in a game, so, it's bad. Yeah. So with Lonzo, that's for sure. I'm level-headed here. Lonzo, he's probably the exact perfect fit you would want next to Booker. He's got size. He can switch multiple positions. He's one of the. I don't want to. He's one of the better point guard defenders in the league right now. Um. He started that. He kind of started off his career very well doing that. He's a good distributor. And at UCLA, when they used him, they used him a lot off ball when he wasn't in transition. He was used off ball a lot. You could theoretically run Book at the point a lot in the half court sets and run Lonzo as a two guard. This was kind of a big thing when Lonzo originally got drafted to the Lakers. They were talking about uh, him and D'Angelo Russell playing alongside each other and D'Lo kind of playing the two guard, but. Lonzo being the point guard in transition, D'Lo being the point guard in the half court. It's kind of a very similar thing there. And, you know, rebounding's good. He's not the best shooter, but maybe, you know, doing those cuts and those kind of things, if he's playing alongside, you know, book. Um, (laughs) I was going to say, you know, Bridges and Ubre, but I blanked on their names for whatever reason. Uh, but Bridges, Ubre, some more spacing. You know, the Lakers don't really have the best spacing team. So maybe playing him alongside those guys, that gives them a little bit more of, gives him a little bit more room where he's not having to try and, like, find a jump shot out of nowhere. Which has been, his percentages have been better minus his free throw shooting, but his free throw shooting has been atrocious. See, that's the worrisome thing, though. Like, 40-some percent? That, that's, that's so bad. bad. It, it 43 or 47%, something like that. It's bad. And that, that's what worries me. He's the one player in the NBA where I get upset when I see him shoot the ball because it's not right. Yeah. It's absolutely well, not right the Fultz way he shoots. <laughs> well, Fultz with those free throws with the back-and-forth bridge up and then letting it, That was crazy, but yeah, ball, it's just so poor. That it's upsetting to me. And <laughs> honestly, as good as he fits, as well as he could fit on this team, I don't know if I want him just because of that. Well, I don't know. How many free throws is he going to shoot? Because he can just give eight and entry passes. Well, he can he yeah. can give eight and entry passes, but when they start not guarding him... Right. That's true. Yeah. Okay. If he can be a, if he can be a bit more aggressive driving... Then that doesn't matter. I mean, Ben Simmons has absolutely zero jump shot, and he's an all-star caliber player. He's an actual all-star. An actual all-star now. That's right. And, I mean, Jason Kidd didn't have a jump shot until late in his career. I know that was a different era, but if you can do everything else, you can get away with it. We've talked about this on the show a lot. In regards to Josh Jackson, you know, not having necessarily a great jump shot, if he could do everything else, he hasn't been able to jump up to that level and ball is on a different level doing everything else than josh yeah but i i mean we're we can't beggars can't be choosers if you can get a deal for ball you have to go for it what kind of deal would that be though what what do we give up to get ball and keep in mind that the 
Pelicans will be asking a ton from the Lakers for them to get Davis. Give and if we Jackson. hop in on this, what what does it take? Jackson and the Bucks pick. It, for sure the Bucks pick. I'm not even sure if, if Jackson moves the needle yeah, that's true. that much. He's been playing better. Supposedly they feel, and probably rightfully so, that you know Drew Holiday is best as a two guard and that Lonzo would be their starting point guard. That would be good. <laughs> the camp doesn't want him to be in New Orleans. Uh, the camp being his dad mm-hmm. doesn't want him to be in New Orleans. But so like for that to happen, you know, maybe the Pelicans want another another first round pick or whatever. So we have to be able to entice the Lakers to get with a first round pick and something else while also making it so they're not losing leverage or losing ground on a Davis trade. I wonder if it could be done as simply as giving the Pelicans more to get them to leave ball for us, you know? to help bolster the Lakers' deal to the Pelicans. I wonder if that would even be how it works. That's true. So so maybe that's the thing. Like, you... Maybe if you... If the Pelicans feel that Josh is, you know, a, a player like that, or, you know, Josh and probably... I mean, one of them probably go, too. Yeah. One of Melton or Kobo. I was going to say, give them Jackson, Kobo, and... The Bucks pick. I feel like it's got to um, be. It's it's definitely got one of the point guards for sure, one of our wings, and the Bucks pick at yeah. least. What if we give him Bridges instead of Jackson? But, uh, Bridges that? has been playing so well lately. It'd be tough to give I up don't Bridges. Want, yeah, it would be tough. But what if that's what it takes? What if we have to give him Bridges and a Co- Bridges a Kobo and the Bucks pick? I mean, we have we have Kelly, so. That makes it a little more bearable. I think without Ubre, that's yeah, we absolutely can't do that. But with Ubre on the roster, I think that that's probably a little. You can stomach that a little bit better. Yeah, we obviously have enough small forwards to be. Uh, Give him TJ. Why not TJ? Yeah, they're not. I don't think. I don't think TJ is a good enough asset for that. No one wants TJ. Nobody wants TJ. We do, we do kind of, yeah. Some of us. <laughs> Ask Mitch. It's it changes every day for him. Well, he hasn't been playing because he's been hurt. So it's tough to have that. Yeah. Straight up opinion. Yeah. When I watch him, I usually think, oh no. I mean, TJ. If if the Pelicans want to stay, if they want to try and be competitive, having him as like a starting three or four, and no. if you know they get, nope. I, I'm with you. <laughs> nope. No, I'm not saying. I mean, like, if they want to, if they want to, if we want to try and not try, we want to try and convince them. But if they feel that that way, I don't think that's true either. But if they want to try and keep a competitive roster in New Orleans, so they don't lose the team, if or, if they if they trade Anthony Davis and start T.J. Warren, they'll have the same record as us next year. I don't disagree. I mean, they're probably. They're probably getting some other players, and they're not even going to be close to being where they are with Davis now. But they've got a—I'm assuming they don't—they don't want to trade Drew Holiday, so they expect themselves not to be terrible, which is insane. Yeah, it is. I was surprised to see that they weren't open to moving Drew at all. Right. If you're going to move Davis, you might as well just rebuild entirely, full rebuild. Yeah, so, that's what I, I mean. Think. They're trying to. 
They're trying to move Miritich and Randall, supposedly. Right. Who are both on expiring deals, but... I, I'm, and I'm assuming for picks. But, I mean, at that point, why why want to hold on to Drew? It, it, makes, it just makes no sense. Well, it's, it brings up the question, though. With all of these trade requests slash actual trades from these top caliber players, Porzingis making a trade request and being traded 30 seconds later <laughs> with Anthony Davis saying he's not going to re-sign, he's not going to sign the Supermax, so he just wants to be traded. We're hearing so much about Kyrie not necessarily re-signing with Boston, all of that. What does this mean for Devin Booker? Is it just a matter of time before Booker gets fed up enough with losing to the point where he asks for a trade. I, I was just listening back to our three-year episode just for the heck of it, and we were talking about how Devin Booker has committed to giving all of this money to Phoenix Charities, and we were saying, oh yeah, he's committed for the next five years, but that can change. Losing like this does a lot to a guy's psyche. So what does this mean for Booker? We haven't heard anything yet, obviously, and he continues to talk about how much he loves Phoenix. I'm not saying there's any rumors out there, but how does this have an impact on his decisions moving forward? Well, I mean, the big difference is is that Booker just signed that big extension. Porzingis is a restricted free agent, but supposedly he was saying that he was absolutely signing the qualifying offer. Anthony Davis still has a year left on his contract, but I mean, a year, basically two year and a half rentals are completely different. And Kyrie's done with his contract after this season. Right. Uh, Booker absolutely Booker's locked in, so that that makes it very different. How soon is it okay to request a trade after signing a deal like that? You got to wait right. until the last year or two of it. I th- I think if you I think if you are two years out. I think it becomes a thing where you can probably get away with requesting one. It, it makes We're it just saying I'm not gonna resign. Be like, look, like just we haven't gone anywhere. Uh, the front office has failed to give me pieces. You know, like I'm just I I've done what all I can. I keep on giving all I can. I I'm not gonna resign. You, you can't, if you're going to say you're not going to re-sign three years out, this front office is going to say, yeah, that's three years from now. Your mind, your mind, people are fickle. Your mind can change. Right. The way I look at it, though, is we know all of these guys talk, especially Team USA stuff with Booker being involved in that. A lot of stuff gets done on those teams, and we've heard... Devin Booker trying to recruit a little bit for some guys to come to Phoenix. He's talked about he wants the Suns to sign guys now so that we can start winning. He said he's done losing. He's done not making the playoffs. I I take a little bit of a pessimistic viewpoint sometimes where I think, what if that gets reversed and it turns from Booker trying to recruit guys to come to Phoenix to the opposite other good players saying we should we should join up on some other team booker just don't resign 
it's a little bit scary to think about. And we know that when good players make decisions like this, it has an influence on other good players. Truth is, we still have three years. We do. We have plenty of time. We have three years before... That's like a realistic scenario. That's quite the deadline. Maybe we'll... Maybe we'll get the... Maybe we'll get it figured out by then, right? Maybe. When you're a Suns fan, you think that far ahead, though. Let's round this all up, though. We have three years to please Booker. Is trading for Lonzo Ball helping? I think so. Lonzo makes that Lakers team so much better. It looked just way worse when he's been out. Now he's out again. And LeBron came back for a game, it seemed like, just to beat the Clippers, and then decided that he was not ready to come back <laughs> yeah. yet. So, whatever. But Lonzo is really... Or just didn't want to play the Warriors. Pretty much. I mean, can you blame him? I don't. I would sit out if, uh, you know, I was ultra-talented and I didn't want to get spanked. Yeah. So. I don't think I would sit out. <laughs> Especially... I don't know. I'm just frustrated because LeBron's on my fantasy team. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes Mitch, sense. Mitch is yeah, selfish so. here. Yeah, it's tough when he's out for two, three weeks, comes back for one game, and then is out the next game for load management. What load? Your <laughs> 30 minutes that you played? <laughs> That's good. I mean, I do have to take a break after 30 minutes of doing certain things, I guess. Literally anything. Yeah. What what it's really called is waiting on the bench yeah, for Anthony Davis much. to show up. Pretty that's much. that's the management. There still has to be some sort of move. You need to push, even if it's for an Alfred Payton type of situation, where you're just trying to like you're just trying to throw anything just to try and see if you can you know get a diamond in the rough on a a team that's given or that just doesn't want to try or any of that kind of stuff. You have to just you have to try. Because we just we need something at that po- at that spot for sure. I actually don't think so. Like if we can't get Lonzo, like let's just rot. Let's just give up Zion. Honestly, honestly, I don't want to give up anything for a guy who's not going to make us much better. I mean, yeah, there are obviously point guards who I'd willingly accept and would happily trade for. What about Mike Conley? He's available now. Him and Gasol. I, I like the idea of Mike Conley, but I don't know if that really benefits our team in the long run. But what if Booker wants him? If Booker wants him, how many years left on Conley's deal? Two, I think. And he's, how old is he, like 31? I think it's like two and a player option. Ooh. If Booker wants him, yeah. Why not? He's like, I like Conley, and if you think about it, he's played with a, a scoring, a good scoring center for a lot of his career, and that's Aiton for him. Yep. So maybe that would be something that'd work out, but as long as they take Ryan Anderson off of our hands, as part <laughs> of the trade. Yeah. As as long as we can get someone that can make really nice entry passes, like that's what I want. Yeah. I just want to see an old school pump fake up, bounce pass low. Yep. Just yep. give them a, just a little old school. Maybe it works. I don't know. I don't play in the NBA, but I'd love to see it. Just just some nice entry passes. That's what I'd like to see before the end of the season out of the Suns. Nice entry. Don't passes. ask for too much. I know. <laughs> okay, game recaps. Let's let's go back. 
game against the Spurs. This one was a killer. The Suns played pretty solid throughout this one. Pop from the Spurs uh, didn't think his team played up to par. Said the Suns were robbed of a victory because Rudy Gay hit a game-winning shot. Buzzer beater. Suns lose 126-124. This was frustrating, but I don't know. It's hard because we've lost so many games by 30-plus points that when we at least keep it close, I get excited. But when Rudy Gay hits a long two fadeaway terrible shot, it's so... It's just that one second that stabs you in the heart. It's so tough to watch. Let's be real. Did you know it was going in? Oh, yeah. I did. I knew you it. You just assume at this I, point. I knew it well, was going Well, and then it was, the game was tied, too. So it's like, what do they have to lose? Because <laughs> it'll just go to overtime, and they'll score five points, and we won't score at all, and that'll be it. We've seen it too many times. But Devin Booker played so well in this one, 38 points, that you you can't be mad at that. Yeah, he scored 70 points over two games this week. Yeah. He was cooking. He's been good. And Bridges. Bridges has been playing really well. Except most of his scoring came in the first half. Yeah. Josh Jackson, too. Jackson with 14 points and six rebounds and five assists. Jackson is just doing everything he can. He's still not shooting great, but it has improved. I don't know. I I think TJ being out has been a blessing in disguise for this team. I was kind of thinking about it in the Hawks game. I think we're playing a little bit better without TJ. Well, I think so too, because first of all, the ball moves quite a bit better. Oh my gosh. Even though, you know, who I do see the ball end on quite a bit is Oubre. Yep. He's not the most willing passer, and I'm kind of used to that with TJ, but Bridges and Jackson are kind of both doing what Jackson did at the end of last year, and they're really starting to put it together. Seems like they're both getting just a just much more comfortable, and I'm really happy to see that with Bridges because I was a little worried there for a bit. I think it was really easy to worry about Bridges. I think that Suns fans needed to remember just he was a kind of a slow burn in college. And he had some, he, he started out the season really well, but there was going to be some growing pains probably. But I, I really like it. I think him and Josh are just both, they're such willing passers. It's, it's nice. They're not gonna, they're going to look for the, Josh is going to look for a shot and he's going to, you know, do some ISO possessions, but he is going to look to pass, and I really like that about him. I think we were warned a lot about Kelly kind of, you know, not the not the most bas- high basketball IQ player. He is going to, you know, you know, take shots and stop some ball movement or try and slash or any of that kind of stuff. But I, I'm all right with it. It's a little frustrating at times, but... I feel... I'd say our bench needs Kelly to take those shots quite a bit. Yeah, I, I think we absolutely need some guy off the bench to I mean, to do and the difference, kind of the difference in this game, aside from a buzzer-beating shot, is Oubre goes one for six from three. He hits one more of those shots, and we're in a better position. 
Oh, and I think I saw something that this made Jamal Crawford the oldest son to score 20 in a game, or one of the oldest sons. He had, uh, he had 22. Second, second oldest. I think Grant Hill was still technically older. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm cool with Grant keeping that record for cool sure. Is. Yeah, same. Yeah, Grant did. Grant did it at like 39 years old. Wow. Good for what him. a stud. Okay, we'll move it on to the Hawks game. This one, you know, the Suns looked pretty good all the way up until that fourth quarter, and then Trey Young took over. He's good. I I was really impressed with Trey Young in this one. This is the first time we've seen him play the Suns this year. He was really fun to watch, and there there was a little bit of Nash to him. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I this is a hot take, but I hadn't. I know Trey Young has been pretty good this season, but I haven't actually watched him. But seeing him in person, he looks like Steph Curry. I mean, that, that his too, shot yeah. looks almost exactly the same, and he's draining them from like way outside the three point line. He's Trey Young is good, and he missed ten or eleven shots, or it, it was near double digits. He missed in a row in the middle of this game. And then he came back and finished it. He ended up with 27 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. That's a solid game. And him running that pick and roll with Deadman at the end of the game is really what kind of put us away. So, got to give him props. John Collins is so good. Oh, Collins. Yeah, Collins. My bad. John Collins. 35 points and 16 rebounds. He was just destroying us. He's so good. Well, we don't have a power forward. Right. We, we can't put Josh Jackson on him. How much right. weight does he give up? John and, Collins had 10 offensive rebounds. And Collins, is a, he's an elite athlete, too. He's so good. I mean, you can't have Jackson make up for that, necessarily. you got to put out the beef to guard that, and we don't have anything like that. Yeah, we, we just don't. And these kind of games are where you just realize we don't. We absolutely need a four. I know that, you know, small ball, all that kind of stuff, but John Collins has been playing so well this year, then you, you put someone like a Josh on him. Trey Young has had an up-and-down season, but he's really turned it on. Uh, they're on a really good a really good run right now. They're kind of, uh, The Hawks are kind of hot for, you know, a bottom-of-the-NBA kind of team. They've I think they're like 10-9 and nine or 11-9 and nine in their last however long or like 20 games or whatever uh they've, they've been just playing really well and yeah trey young trey young looks really good his, his passing is I mean, you saw it a bit in summer league if you watched him in summer league at all his, his passing is there and i think people underestimated how much how good his passing was going to be yet another thing i was terribly wrong about <laughs> saying colin sexton would be better than trey young Ugh. Oh, this Ouch. is why I don't make decisions for the team. <laughs> but you, you only talk about them. Yeah, there's one other thing with the Hawks that we have to talk about, and I just want to do a shout-out to the touching tribute video that the Suns did for Alex <laughs> Len of him just dropping all those entry passes over and over, turning <laughs> the ball over. I'm coming home, I'm coming home. I mean, emotional moment. No, none of that was real. I wish there would be an overlap of Aiton and all the passes that Len used to get and drop. I wish Aiton could be thrown that many that, like, get through to his hands. 
right. he has the chance to catch, unlike Len would. And Len was somewhat impressive last night, though. He had he had his moments, and I applauded him, and I was like, "That's the Len I remember." And then he, you know, he'd kind of just go away for a while. <laughs> it and was Alex it. Len it was is like Alex nothing Len. Even changed. <laughs> yeah. Which. Which is not good for his development as a pro player. But, so, in this game, Booker had 32. Then our other two guys over 20 points were Jackson with 25 and Bridges with 20. That's something I could get used to. If we're going to run those three guys at the same time, I want to see them scoring a, a lot of the buckets. But, this was DeAndre Ayton's first game back after that ankle injury. And... He was 5 for 15 from the floor, so that's pretty poor for Aiton standards. He had 11 rebounds and 13 points. But it, it seems like he was settling for a lot away from the basket. He had some mismatches that he didn't take advantage of, but some of that you have to write off to it being his first game back. But, man, I'd love to see him be more aggressive still to this point. I think Aiton has a little bit of a... A situation going where he's practicing a lot of new moves and he just wants to try them out in games because we see these videos of him shooting some threes taking some some fadeaway jumpers little spin move here and there and he's just trying all of that sometimes at the wrong time which I get when you practice something that much it, it just becomes automatic and those really aren't his shots quite yet He's practicing a lot of new stuff, and he could have just gone to some of his old tried-and-true moves and probably been better off, but I don't know. I'm not really that mad about it because it's just good to have him back, period, and he'll, he'll get back to his regular form. And in all honesty, if, if he is working on stuff and trying to add it to his game, at this time of the year where, you know, Seasons a wash. We're just we gotta like see what we gotta do. We gotta grow. That it's not the worst time to do this kind of stuff. No, go for it. I want to see Aiden shoot threes. Let him put up some threes. Yeah. Why not? If we let Alex Len shoot threes in a Phoenix Suns jersey, I think Aiden deserves to throw him up at this point in the season. We have a much more disciplined coach though than when Alex Len was chucking threes. Yeah. Ah, those were the days. <laughs> I miss Earl. Okay, upcoming games next week. We've got Suns versus Rockets. Then we head to Utah to play the Jazz. Back home for the Warriors. And then to Sacramento to play the Kings. We going to win any of these games, boys? No. Probably not. That's okay. I, it'll be our first, this is our first matchup against the Jazz this season, isn't it? How about the Rockets? Have we played the Rockets yet? I think we played the Rockets I think once. We have. I feel like. I think it was there, though. Let's look. I feel like it's pretty let's early. Find out. Let's oh, find Mitch, Mitch going to figure that one let's, out. Right let's now. give the people the answers because they can't go to the Suns app <laughs> no. and look at the schedule. <laughs> we have the technology. Hey, yeah. We're going to give it Don't to give you. away our secrets. Yeah, we're, so. we're real insiders. Yeah. Uh, James Harden is on a ridiculous run and uh, looks like he's probably taken over as MVP favorite the last couple of, like, the last month. And, uh, I mean, he's insanely fun to watch. I, it seems like this pendulum has swung a little bit from NBA fans from, you know, people like Harden back to that he's literally the worst thing that's ever happened to basketball. But, uh, 
I'm right in the middle there somewhere, you know. I I re- I like Harden, so. Uh, that just surprises I, me so much when you say that. Dude. I know he's an ASU guy, and so that's part of it. But like, Harden is the definition of the analytics movement. You know what? You you do this whole thing and <laughs> act like I absolutely hate analytics, and you do it to yourself too. Now that that's oh, me. Yeah. I I hate analytics. Oh yeah. Maybe I, I think that group you both together. Yeah. I think that Chuck talks and you just and so everything bad Maybe that comes out of Chuck's mouth, you just attribute it to me. That's great. That's why Mitch likes me so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We haven't played Houston this year. It's called it. I can remember every single team that's beat us this year. <laughs> and there's been quite a few and the Rockets aren't one. Have we played Utah? I should have been looking for that, too. I don't, I don't think know. we played Utah. But back to Harden. I, these are the games where, you know, we're probably going to get torched. But this is where Josh Jackson and Mikhail Bridges get to try to guard Harden. And this yeah. is the standard for if you want to shut down a stud, like, here you go, try to shut down James Harden. See if he doesn't get to the line 15 times tonight. But It's not even shutting it him all. down. It's just like... This is one of those games where they've they've started to feel good about themselves, and now they can be completely demoralized because they have to go up against James Harden. What do you consider a good game defensively against Harden? Like, if you keep him under 30? Right now, it's apparently if you keep him under 35. Yeah, 40. Because he's 50. doing, like, 60. MJ offensive numbers right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm so nervous that he's going to score over 70. Oh, that would be that would be rough. Do you uh, think Booker lets someone score no, over? Is that uh, when no. the defense kicks in? He's like, no, no one's breaking my my point record I, oh, against Booker, me. Booker would play defensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah. caliber defense. Or he he got close. Literally take him out of the game. Oh yeah, one of those would happen first. Booker would try and get into a fist fight with like <laughs> I don't know the corpse of Nene on the bench or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, or the manimal. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's In, on the Rockets insert, right now. He's tearing it up. Random tearing it Houston up. Play. PJ Tucker would flatten. Oh Booker. man. <laughs> PJ's probably wanted to flatten Booker once or twice in, in their days as his teammate. Nah, PJ loves Book. I hope so. It's my it's my favorite bro. It's my favorite fan fiction that I'm just finished writing. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the address. Anyways, let's. Uh, we said we wanted to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit, and it was so boring. It was. I hate the Patriots, and it just wasn't a good night. I didn't really. There wasn't much to enjoy from the game. Commercials pretty underwhelming for the first time that I can remember. There were some in, in a while. The T-Mobile there were a few. Were good. T-Mobile, the text ones, those were solid. But and, and the uh, it feels like past ones have been better. The NFL 100 commercial was good that was i feel like the commercials have been underwhelming for a few years now ever since every commercial came out on youtube days before right it stopped being as much a thing my highlight of the night was the new avengers trailer i didn't even see that or i probably did it was realize what it was it was really early on and uh after that i i was good because i assumed that the patriots were going to win and i was going to be disappointed and that uh, I was going to hate the halftime show because I absolutely love Levine. So, and I was right. <laughs> yeah, that was, 
that halftime show. What did what did Josh say about? Oh yeah, shout out, shout out, Josh Cranwetter. Josh had a good text. Josh, yeah, Josh, friend of the show, member of the show. <laughs> at one point, I guess guest is the word I'm looking for. Guest. So, we were talking a little bit. I said this game is terrible. Friend of the show, Josh Cranwetter says. Wait, you don't like Adam Levine slowly taking off all his clothes? <laughs> That's what it was. That's pretty much what happened. And, okay. Big so, Boy was the best part. Yeah, oh, come on. Big Boy was great. Yeah, that, that saved it for me, yeah. actually. That shout out to Atlanta. So cool. Yeah. And I, I do have to give Maroon 5 credit. They played their best songs. They did moves like Jagger, which I don't like. But they played... They're good songs. They hit, they hit the bangers. They that's did for sure. And Travis Scott. Okay, that was, eh, that was disappointing. So this is the second time that I've watched Travis Scott try and perform sicko mode it's on not TV. Good. The the first time was uh, the basketball kickoff on TNT. Now oh. for on halftime or before the show or before the pregame or whatever, they had him like do a show on TNT. And he did sicko mode there too. And uh, you know, you don't have to just scream into the mic at the top of your lungs. Right. And that's not, that's not rapping live. So, right. I always thought that they lip synced Super Bowl performances. I assumed <laughs> they, they did, but that obviously wasn't one because <laughs> it didn't sound fantastic, right. and two, they had plenty of time to bleep out. Maybe like a tenth of the performance. Of his performance. <laughs> yeah, like he got a lot of his stuff cut out there. So. Right. I, so I'm wondering if maybe just the vocals are live. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I so, thought I knew how it worked, but apparently I don't. That the vocals were live, but all of the instruments and everything else was was not because was never like live. Right. I mean, there's no way it can be. Like, oh yeah, we're just gonna take 20 minutes to set up this stage to this massive arena that would have to be sound checked perfectly and set it like it it's not that quick i, I mean they're doing the setup for weeks beforehand this right, isn't like I they're know, like but but you don't just like move a stage and all of a sudden it's a big concert i don't know it i just think that there's got to be more that it would take to get all of that ready all i remember is uh i think it was bruno mars where red hot chili peppers came on and the right. like uh, the guitarist whatever his name is was like going crazy like spinning around and someone was like pretending to play yeah flea <coughs> no it was, i don't even think it was flea like flea did it too but like i specifically remember yeah. the like lead guitarist like spinning around in circles like pretending to play really hard and someone being like his guitar literally isn't plugged in it's not plugged i looked at the ones tonight too with maroon five their guitars weren't bro this is anything. zephyr this isn't even hard why are you playing like that <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's an obscure Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> I don't follow, but yeah, I don't know. It was okay. I thought Cardi B was gonna be there, so I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, you you advertised Cardi B, and I didn't see Cardi. B. I heard, I heard she was gonna be there, but lies. I've been wrong before. Okay, well, this goes to show how great of a game the Super Bowl. The SpongeBob was thing too. We gotta talk. About oh, the that. SpongeBob thing. Yeah. I, so the you, whole petition, the whole petition was to have them play "Sweet Victory," and they no one played that song at all. They just showed one clip, 
And they did the intro and then the horns mode, for yeah. the intro to Sicko Mode. That was that was yeah. That was very underwhelming. But yeah, like you're saying, if we're talking this much about the halftime show and not the game, I mean nothing happened in this game. The Rams punted thirteen times or something. Great punts in this game. A lot of good long snaps. <laughs> Solid snaps, great punts. Can't lose. Thirteen three final score. Really could have been ten. Lowest scoring Super Bowl like ever in this fest. Wow. I think the lowest was before this was like 21 or 22 And it's points. not even like it was this great defensive battle or anything. It was just stagnant offense. The whole. I mean, the Rams have a good defense for sure, but their offense was awful. If you would have told me that the Patriots had like the number two defense in the league, I would have been like, oh, that makes sense, or number right. one or something, because the Rams just did nothing against them. Yeah, it was bad. So, basketball wins yet again. Yep. I was thinking, I was just wondering if Anthony Davis would be traded throughout the whole Super Bowl. During the game. And I'm not even, I'm not even kidding that much. I, I thought of that numerous times when I was... So was LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> he tweeted out yeah. a thing. Did you no. guys see that? what did he say? He's, he was, like, waiting for Woj or Shams or someone to, like, drop something. I can't remember the exact Wow. Words. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's enough about that game. I I doubt we have very many Patriots fans who listen, so <laughs> that's an assumption. Anyway, time for the non-sports <laughs> section of the show, my favorite section of the show. So I was inspired this week by an incredible Brooke Lopez interview. So apparently there is an issue with bats in NBA locker rooms. So Brooke Lopez was asked about this, and he says, these are his direct quotes, If you've learned anything from the modern superhero myth, if you see a bat around and it bites you, you have a 75% chance of ending up a superhero. Otherwise, you'll probably get really sick. But it'd be cool to be a superhero. You don't need to be too afraid. I'd say give it a shot. The interviewer asks, So you're going to let the bat bite you? Brooke says, Yeah, absolutely. The interviewer says, are you going to just stick out your hands? Brooke says, I'm just going to make myself available. At that point, it's up to the bat. <laughs> a lot of it is up to fate in these superhero stories, but I want to give myself a shot. <laughs> so that's incredible, first off. That's so funny. But my question to you guys is, if you could become a superhero... By gaining the powers of an animal that bites you, which animal would you want to be bitten by? But I have to qualify this a little bit. You cannot select already existing superheroes. So Spider-Man is off the table. Ant-Man is off the table. And keep in mind that the bite could be potentially fatal. And even if you get those powers, you could still die. So if you say great white shark or something you have to keep in mind that you could die can i just point out that ant-man isn't ant-man because he was bitten by an ant right i know i i'm just saying you can't choose ant because we already have ant-man and i don't know where uncle woman is <laughs> i totally <laughs> nice i totally go ant because that that's a pretty harmless bite and you could just become really strong right so that'd be legit, but if we can't do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a weird one. <laughs> I 
I would choose to be bitten by a koala. Ooh. Because koalas are like are some of the worst animals <laughs> to walk this koala planet. man. <laughs> they're they're just terrible animals and they've evolved due to their stubbornness and stupidity. <laughs> so they're just terrible. And they've their skulls are really thick because they've fallen out of trees so often. Because, okay, this is like two parts. All they eat are eucalyptus leaves, because I don't know why, but that's all they'll eat. And the only way they can digest them and get nutrients from them is to eat them, and then they stay in their stomachs and ferment for like a week or something like that. And then then they get the nutrients and also become drunk. And then they, they like poop out this terrible eucalyptus <laughs> fluid. It's bad. But then since they're always <laughs> drunk, and apparently they're mean too, so I'm a little nervous yeah, about Yeah, they're it, but, really mean. But <laughs> but they're so dumb, they fall out of their trees so often, their skulls are really thick because they're so dumb. And they fall, and they hit their heads. And after doing this for so many years, their skulls are really thick. So... I'd just like to turn into like a koala man and just be a jackass <laughs> and be drunk, drunk on eucalyptus leaves and just headbutt people. I, I think they sleep for 20 hours. A Aren't they also so like riddled with diseases? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they all have like syphilis. I think or they something all have like syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Koala. I stand by my decision. Koala man. I know a few people like that already. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't. <laughs> Not personally. You wish you did. <laughs> All right. Do you have one, Mitch? Or? I don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not after that. <laughs> yeah. So, I feel like the big stinger of, like, this thing could kill you still yeah. is, like, so big. Um, right, it's tough. I feel like doing something, like, being a cat would be really funny. I understand that there's Catwoman and stuff, and Black Cat, but like being just and I would say Catwoman counts though. I know. I'm saying that like obviously that counts, but like that'd be hilarious because like you just like sleep for 16 hours a day. You need on random furniture. It reminds it's like in in the Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, there was always a bit of like adam west played like cat man yeah. and he just acted like a cat that. all the time and i just think that's hilarious would, like lick himself clean i do remember that yeah are cats and koalas that different yeah uh yeah, yeah they, cats they are. are nimble <laughs> i also but i i think i would want to get bitten by a dog because it's really easy to do you don't have to, like, go, like, find a zoo and hope not to get, like, trapped in the zoo. And, like, you, uh, you would be living the dream. You could, like, digest almost anything and, like, not worry about, like, it killing you. You could smell things really good. You'd want, you'd probably, like, chase the mailman a little bit, but that'd be alright. Like, there are worse things to happen. So why not a goat? <laughs> so why not a goat? Why so, not a goat? But you said you could digest anything. Okay, yeah, you could eat literal garbage. Goat man. Goat. All right, man. I'm in on the. I'm on. I'm in on goat man. 
because so because you want to be able to digest anything, including garbage. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> wow, these are the worst superheroes. Koala Man and Goat Man. I like the idea of. It. Do you have a? I do. I do. do you have, have a one. crappy one I, now. Let's I, do it. Well, it's got to be just as bad as me. And it, I think it's pretty bad. Okay, so I think I would choose a squid. Um, so I was thinking octopus, but I think eight limbs might be too hard. So you to want handle. ten instead? So I'm gonna. I thought they had. I six. think they have like six to ten or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, no idea. I'm still gonna octopus say squid. Octopus definitely have eight though. Yeah, I I know that. Yeah. I'm gonna say squid. Because, okay, so this needs a little bit of backstory. When people ask me if I could have any superpower, I I have an idea that it's about 50-50. Some people love this and some people hate it. So my idea... I hate it. You probably will. (laughs) My idea is to be able to grow and retract any limb in any spot other than its natural spot. So the example I always We're not going to... So think about carrying groceries in. You you've got both hands full. You could just grow an arm like out of your chest to carry more in. Or the, the other example I give that most people hate is if you're really far away from someone in a really re- loud place, you could grow an ear on your hand and then put your hand up and be able to hear, and then you could retract it at any time. So I know. <laughs> How innocent are you? Well, to not <laughs> okay people would end up using it for bad probably i know i but i like to think that people are better than that and i don't know maybe maybe we only say maybe we put a limit i don't know <laughs> it's it's my idea okay i can have it be what i want anyway i i would choose a squid because i think having some extra limbs would be helpful i also think that Squirting ink is an underrated ability. (laughs) Can you squirt ink out of these limbs that come out of your body? The ones that, the new ones that grow? That's it. I don't know. Thanks for tuning in. Just like blow your nose and squirt ink out of it. Oh, jeez. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. Uh, Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod, Instagram too. Oh. Mitch is crazy. <laughs> if you made it this far, uh, oh. just find Mitch's personal Twitter and just berate him. No, please just, don't. Just ruin him. Oh. But really, thanks for tuning in and go, sons. Are you ready? Oh yeah.